So um, we have a really, really wonderful message today. I don't know what kind of week you had, but it's filled with good news. And it's filled with uh, Jesus. It's filled with people that knew Jesus when they first, when he first came into the world. Um, it's filled with um, instruction on how to live and what God has for us to do. Uh, which is always good because we need something to do. We don't just believe, but we also want to be engaged in this belief, right? It's not just uh, something we read about. It's not just something we hear some, spoken to us. It's something that goes into us and brings out what God has given to us when we're born to bring, to bring him glory. So God has really blessed us today by bringing us together here. And each one of you is special in his sight, and he knows your name. I was struck when I was reading through this passage today, and when Beverly was reading it again, you know, that there are names in the Bible that we have of people around us. We have Daniel and Samuel, <laughs> right? We have other people. I mean, there's other, there's all these, but, but that is not, um, that is not to be taken lightly. You know, it isn't just those people that have biblical names that are important to God, obviously. But sometimes, you know, that can be a big way for us to hear God speaking to us, um, to meet somebody that has a biblical name. You know what I'm saying? Jordan. Right? And, and then, but then, you know, also when we see each other and we, we, look at each other and we're kind of like, okay, well, we, I know your name. So I, but we, we oftentimes say it, you know, but sometimes we don't, but our names are given to us and they have a, a, a big meaning, right? They, they are, they are like our speaker last year was the last week was telling us that we have an identity that is very important. You are important. Now, when you're taking care of little children and babies and things like that, you may be feeling like I don't feel important, <laughs> I feel tired. I got a lot to do. I have so many things. If you're going to work in New York and you're taking the bus and you're coming home and you're coming back at the end of the day and you feel like, okay, I got to get up and go do that the next day. In the meantime, I have to do things when I go home too. And then I go to church on Sunday and I have all these things. And you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know where that identity is because I just know that I have all these appointments and things that are keeping me very busy and also making me very tired. Amen. <laughs> so how do we overcome that we overcome that through our belief in god through the god who instills in us the belief that there is more to life than those things and gives us himself so that we know that we can be energized and invigorated and inspired by him so that those things do not become a a place of despair or things that we are succumbing to but that we are embracing and that we are we are really victorious in because of this God who is supernatural in power and in grace and in love and instills in us that kind of thing, that exact kind of thing that we need to remind ourselves that we belong to someone and that we're not alone in this world. And this world is not just about the things that are making us tired. No, we are children of God. We are followers of God. We are born again Christians. We are people who were what at one time that way in despair and, and in darkness of sin, but now we are saved and we are brought into the light of Jesus Christ. And now we have that hope just like the sun. Look at it. 
pouring through the windows here, the son of the son of God coming and pouring through and illuminating all of these symbols, these things that we see and Jesus, you know, coming in this kind of a way, who could ignore that? You know, that God is talking to us, that God is shining on us in this kind of a way. If you don't believe that, believe it today. Believe it today that God is is coming with to us with a message today. He is shining his light here and that he wants you to know that he exists and he is your father in heaven. He is your savior. He is your comforter and, and he is in your encourager in your life. And your your life is never the same when you know that. And that is really what's happening here in this section of scripture today that we're reading. And God really wants us to be able to learn things that are going to help us to be encouraged and to be enabled and strengthened so that we can help other people who are going through things and need help. So let's take a look at this, this scripture together. It really actually begins before this, uh, this passage that we just heard read. And it is Jesus calling his first disciples. Now, I don't know if you know this, but if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you call him your Lord, you are a disciple of his. It isn't something that you have to earn or something like that or that you pass a certain level in Sunday school or something like that. It is a relationship that you have with Christ when you believe in him and then you become his disciple. Right? And it isn't whether you accept it or not. You are his disciple. Right. It is you, you that makes you a disciple of his. You are a follower of him when you put your faith in him. When you say, yes, I profess that Jesus is my savior. And so it's good for us in our church now to understand that we are disciples. We have to see ourselves and we have to kind of, you know, I, I'm going to linger on that a while because I really feel that the scripture that we're going to be hearing in the few next few weeks is helping us to start this this year that way. And we're talking about, you know, uh, proclaiming to the next generation of children and people, and we want to see people coming to the Lord, and we want people to come to church and things like that. But we really don't want to look anywhere else except for what God is saying to us individually. As disciples of Christ, that begins the process of building the church in your in your world. And in your, it's not, you, you, you can join in with others and support the church and all those kind of things, but God is speaking to us and saying, I am calling you, not the pastor, not the elders, not the deacons, not the people who are, you know, longtime members of the church or whatever. I'm calling you to be my disciple. And with that discipleship means training in how to bring people and to help them to teach them the ways of the kingdom of God, right? And that's, that is really what you're here for. You know, that, that is, that is what the, the message is all about today. Really a follower of Jesus is a disciple of Jesus, someone who learns from him and then exhibits and speaks the words of Jesus Christ, right? To the people that you know, to the people that you know, to the people your age group. If we want kids to come, it's going to be hard for me at my age to be able to relate to them enough so that they're going to feel like, yeah, I want to come and hang with this old man. What they want to hear is that you are going to be there and you're going to be inviting them and tell them to come with me. And that's what we're going to take a look at now. The first day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, he found Philip. He found Philip. He went to him and he said to him, follow me. Right. So this is a guy, Philip, who is just living his life. 
right? He's having this life. He grew up. He was a baby. He grew to be a man, and he there he was in this place, and it was a place that was known for fish. <laughs> it was actually called Fish Town, this place that they were all from, and so there was a lot of fishermen and people like that, but he comes up to him, and he says, follow me. Follow me. So you would think that, you know, okay, there, there, there is a person saying to that person, come and do that. Follow me now. It's not like later, but follow me. But it's loaded with meaning, but it's also very simple. So we know that Philip followed him because the, he, it says he's from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, we found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. We found him. He found me. We found him. Right? So there's this connection that is made there, and he is a follower. So it's followers of Jesus are found by Jesus. Right? He comes to them, and he talks to them, and he says, follow me. Now, why would he do that? Because he knows that without him, there isn't any life at all. Their lives would just remain the way that they were. They'd be fishermen, and they would grow to be the, the age where they die, and they die, and that was it. But no, they have a new thing happening in their life. Last week, we heard about this epiphany. It comes into their life. Have you, you ever met someone where they said, I, this happened to me, and it changed my life forever? Have you ever met someone who came into your life and changed their life for, your life forever? Right. I can remember when I was preparing the sermon today for today, there was a man. I, I can't even remember his name, but he was from our church. And for some reason, I think it was because he understood that he was a disciple of God. And he looked at me and he found me and he started to talk to me. He started to talk to me. You know what he talked to me about? It wasn't just Jesus that he talked about. He said to me, I think you would be a good linebacker for the football team. But, you know, I, it's funny, right? But that made me feel good because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And that's what Jesus does. He sees things in you that you don't see yourself. It's important for us to understand those kind of things. And don't take lightly those kind of things. And also don't take lightly the idea that from that story, we need to learn to do that for others, too. I've said this before. We need to go to people if we have the Lord speaking to us or if we see something in some way to connect to someone else and to be able to envision for them something that they don't see themselves. And you never know what a person is going through. At that time in my life, I needed to hear that. I, I, I was feeling very, very inadequate and very, very uh, un, unhappy about, you know, who I was. And do I really have something to do? You know, who am I? Well, I never, it turned out I had another direction to go in. He moved away. And that was the end of the linebacker story, you know? But the, the point is that he saw something that he felt I could do. And how did he do it? He looked at me. He didn't know me. He looked at me and he said, you know, I really think that you are built this way. And he said another thing to me. He said, I think you could throw the javelin. Because he saw something in my shoulders. I, I, I don't see it personally, you know, but I guess javelin throwers need to have a certain stature or shoulders that would be able to throw that javelin out there. Why would a person do that? 
Why would a person do that? Why would they say to me, I think you would make a good javelin thrower? Because he cared about me. He was a Christian in our church, and he cared about me. He didn't just care about me and my relationship to Jesus, although that was important. He cared about me, and he took the time to spend time with me in my life and told me these things so that I would benefit from it and I would be encouraged. And I believe that he was sent to me by God because at that time I needed encouragement. One word of encouragement can last a lifetime. And what do we do in life? We're concerned about our own selves usually. We're consumed with our own problems, with our own pains, with our own this, with our own that. We have all these different things going on, right? But people depend upon us. You know, you're going through all these different things. For me, I was going through a lot of family problems. You know, there was a lot of of mess in my family at that time, but God sends people to us to encourage us. And so we need to be doing that in our church. That's what a disciple does. Yes, we lead people to Christ. Yes, we do teach them about Jesus. But it is also important that we don't only do that. We can also be caring for what their immediate needs are. And God will send you to do that. He will He will use you in that way. We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He was relating this, but he was telling him he is the fulfillment of Scripture and prophets, but he's also the son of Joseph. His mother is Mary. He is this person. He's making and he's establishing this this person of the Son of God as a real person in their lives and relating him to his father, Joseph, right? And so what does Nathaniel say to him? Here's a man named Nathaniel. Interesting. How many people, do you know somebody named Nathaniel? Maybe Nathan, right? A person named Nathan or something like that. Did you know? It's interesting. But this name is another form of the name Bartholomew. And so actually it's the same person who is Bartholomew. And Bartholomew is is mentioned in other parts of the Bible and the Gospels by that name. And he's associated with Philip. And so we see that, you know, it's an interesting thing when you read the Bible, you find out things you never knew. But here's a guy named Nathaniel, but actually it's another version somehow of the name Bartholomew, right? So you learn all kinds of things about people in the Bible, and that's what God wants us to understand. It's interesting to be a person. It's interesting to be you. It's interesting to be me. It's interesting that God has brought us together here in this church. It's interesting to have a life. It's interesting to have a future. It's interesting to be someone who is here in this world. And people need to be understanding that. And that's why Jesus came here. Yes, he came to save us from our sins, but he cares about us. He gave us ourselves. He gave us our identity. He gave us the gifts that we have, the, the things, the, the, the shoulders that can throw a javelin, the, 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 whatever it is that makes a linebacker. Perhaps it's being able to see where a, a play is in, in developing so that you can go and stop the play and, and get involved there. There's other things that in our lives dissect your own life, dissect your own, your own gifts, dissect what it is. Look at yourself, right? And see what it is that God has given to you and use it. Don't just, don't just sit on it. Use it. And if the, if there's, if if it's only one thing, that's enough. 
when I was growing, you know, in, when I was at Manhattan School of Music, I was in this whole new field of music. I came in completely raw. I didn't know very much, okay? But I was suddenly thrust into this, this situation um, because I was accepted into this school, and suddenly I was surrounded with hundreds of talented people that had much more talent than I had. And then there was also this thing that happened. I was, I was exposed to all of these kinds of music, all these songs, everything that I could, I can, I, I, it was like overwhelming to see all these different things, music that I could perform or be into. But I got to tell you this, what happened is that I, I didn't, I didn't break it down. I didn't take one piece at a time. I tried to do it all at the same time and it didn't work. And so sometimes what we need to do when we have a lot of different things in our lives and a lot of things that are out there and choices and stuff like that, we need to really bring it to, into center and accomplish one and get to know one. And we are living, if you can, if I think you can say amen to this, we're living in a multitask world. There's so much information out there that people, I think, you know, if they, if they we're honest, you may want to not admit to this, but it's overwhelming. And we can't handle that. I don't think we're made for that. We, yes, of course, there's going to be a lot of different choices. A lot, there's going to be a lot of different things that we could do, but what is one? And I think that's one of the best things that you can say to a young person is to come to them and say, I see this as being a strength of yours. I would go for that. I think you should really, this is what I think would really be helpful for you. And this is what I see in your life, right? Jesus comes into the situation, comes into people's lives, and he engages with them, and he talks with them, and he knows them, and he gets into their names, and he gets into all the, that they're about. And this guy, Nathaniel, coming back to him, Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, at, at first glance, you would think to yourself, okay, this guy is a loser. Jesus couldn't possibly want him. He comes and Philip says to him, you got to come and meet this person. We just saw he's the Messiah. He's the one who was promised from all these ages. He's the one. And he's also the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel says, he's from Nazareth. What possibly could come what good can possibly come from a place like that? Do you know it's hard to find information when you're looking up Nazareth? You know why? Because there's nothing good about Nazareth to write about. There's, there isn't anything that stands out about it, but that, but, but we see that Jesus is, and he is someone who came from Nazareth. And so it, it brings that into a whole new light. And that's what God does. He takes what's small and unnoticed and all these things that seemingly are unimportant and he comes into that and he brings meaning to them. And that's what he did with Nazareth. But this guy says, I don't think, you know, I don't think that anybody who's important is important as a Messiah would ever come from a place like that. And so what does, what does, uh, Philip say to him? Come and see. So I want to stop here for a second and talk about this, all right? We have a grandson, Caleb, and whenever we get it's it's a freaky thing when when you're used to a child, you know, so small they can't speak and then all of a sudden they start saying words. You know what I'm saying? 
It's like you, and, and you're wondering what it, did you just speak? <laughs> did you just say something? You know what he says now when we get there? Come on, grandpa. Come on, grandpa. Come on. Come on. And he takes me over and he shows me all of his toys. Come on, grandpa. And you know where he got that from? From a woman on television, his favorite television show. And there's this girl who goes, come on, children, come on with me. She's brilliant and she's popular. She has followers. She has followers. All these kids are tuning into this woman and she's a, she's just this very plain looking, very, you know, loving person who loves children and she loves to teach them, but that's what they do. And they're imitating her, right? Come on. Come on. When we talk to, to people, are we saying it like that? Come and see. Come and see Jesus. Right? Or do we tend to be like, you need Jesus. You need Jesus in your life or you're going to die in your sin. Well, it's not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to care about people's lives and care about what are you doing this week? What did you do in school this week? What did you do at work this week? How is your relationship? What's going on with you? On the night that we had our, our gathering for the, for the New Year's Eve, and I really want to encourage all of you to come to that because it's a brilliant time to get to know each other and to look back on life and to be able to consider and ponder what happened in our lives and then what's going to happen going forward and to, and to offer ourselves to God to pray with each other about the coming year. And on that night, you know, we get together and we ask all these different kind of questions. And I, I just asked a question. I said, what do you like to do? And one person came out and they just popped out this thing and they said, I like to play puzzle, word puzzles. And I was like, I never knew that about you. I was like, wow, this is really interesting. All I had to do was ask one question. Is like, what do you like to do? And then all of a sudden they become a different person. It's taken away from a, a prayer meeting and from a Bible study and all this deep thinking. And all of a sudden everybody brightens up and they start thinking, oh, oh, thanks for asking. I really like to do this. Ask somebody that question. What do you like to do sometime? And get the, and, and think about, you know, what, what they say and, and also take in what they react like. They become a different person because you're not trying to teach them something. You're trying to love them and ask them what they're about. Come on. See for yourself. Come and see Jesus. I can't convince you. I'm not going to be able to do anything for you unless you come to him yourself. So come. Come to my church. Come meet the people I hang with. Come come and see Jesus in, in God's word. Open the Bible up. Take a look at it. We need to use childlike language with people. You know why? Because it's the easiest language to speak. And Jesus tells us that we have to become like children. So we're supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be feeling like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And you're, you're, you're hearing this from someone who has hurt and, and had to learn this. And I'm still learning this. And I probably won't stop learning this until I'm dead and gone. You know, but the, the, the thing is we, we need to keep learning and we need to keep learning from people who have that kind of feeling for things that, that people are going to listen to. It doesn't mean that we're going to teach slander or, or things that are wrong. No, we're not doing that. But we're using methods that are communication methods so that people will listen. So they'll pay attention. They'll want to come. Come on. 
you got to see this. I just met the Messiah. The Son of God is here, standing here with us. And he's like, I know you, you have this pre, you know, this, this, this thing in your mind, like Nazareth isn't worth anything, but forget about that. Just come and see him. We have to, we have to be childlike. We have to, we have to look and, and pick up these things that are all around us on, and that kids and people are responding to and, and learn from that and say, yeah, that, that is actually, you know, what we want to do. And that's how we want to think about God. He's great. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and he said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And so Jesus is looking at this guy, Nathanael, and he sees him coming and he says this. So he's checking him out and he says, here is a man, a true Israelite, a man with no deceit. Right. And so what, what is happening here and what he, what he's saying there is he knows something about this guy. Right. And he and he really, truly according to, you know, what the other people are seeing, is someone that he'd never met before. But he knows about him. And he sees him, and he sees that. And that is a real, real strength that God has given to us, a gift of the Holy Spirit, to be able to pick up and to perceive things in people and to see things that we cannot otherwise see. And that they themselves may not even know. But he's, he is coming into that man's life and he's saying, you are a person that is truly, truly a believer. You are someone who is, is, is without deceit in their, in their life. You're, you're someone who is a good person and takes God seriously. And he looks at him and he said, excuse me, have we met? <laughs> How do you know me? But it's the same thing, you know, it's the same thing when that guy came up to me and he said, I want you, I, I think you would make a good javelin thrower. You know, I mean, it's like th- things are existent in, in this whole universe and the thing that God has made for us. It's not just our own bodies and our own lives. There is a spiritual realm and there's a power of God at work in this world that brings out things like that so that we relate to each other on a whole different level. And our energy is to be used not for bringing people down or saying negative things or keeping to ourselves. It is to bring God's love into this world through his Holy Spirit. Bring it into the life that you have. Bring it in with that energy. Bring it in with the energy that you're given by God, the life that you possess. We were reading this psalm this past week. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Not fear like, okay, you gotta be afraid, but fear that is like, oh, man, this is an amazing thing that I am made in this kind of way. And if you take away our, you know, if you rip open our bodies and you take a look at what's going on inside of them, which some people do, you know, for a living, you will see the wonder of the creation that God has made in us. But there are things that are just waiting for to come out and God is waiting for us to bring out into the open and we encourage it in other people and we can also to ask God to bring it out of ourselves. Right. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? This is a loaded question. Well, first of all, Jesus knew him before he was born. He was the son of God. He's the God. It teaches us in our Bible that God was in existence before any of us, right? And we knew he knows when we were born, when we were going to be born before we were born. He knows everything about us. So on that level, he is saying to him, 
asking this question to his creator. How do you know me? I know you because, man, I, I wanted you to come into this world. You were formed, right? By me, my Father, and the Holy Spirit were involved in your being. And you're being born. But Jesus says, well, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. He chooses to, to, to use this kind of language, and there's all kinds of, uh, you know, beliefs of what, what he was, what he was really saying there. And it kind of, um, kind of makes sense to me on one level that he was, that the fig tree where Nathaniel was sitting was oftentimes associated with Israel. And so the Israel, the, the idea of Israel, and he's bringing that into mind, and so he's, he knows that he's connecting with Nathaniel because Nathaniel knows from where he came and his people, Israel and Jacob and all of these things coming together. And so he would, he would understand what Jesus was saying to him. But even more than that, and I think on a bigger level, without trying to get too deep into to the why of that, Jesus knows him because he's God. And he knows you because he's God. And you you, you may not want to admit this, but your life was given to you by God. And it was formed before you even came into the world. He knew everything about you. And he was involved in making you. And that is why all of this this stuff that goes on in the world where people are are fighting and hating each other because of the color of their sin, skin or whatever it is that they, they fight about and all these things, it goes completely against what God has shown us in his word. He has made everyone special and every human being is of worth. And so we, we get messed up in that. But he tells him this and he's connecting with him and it works. And we see that because he responds, right? He responds to Jesus this way. Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So this, this conversation is on a whole nother level here. Jesus is saying, I know you because you're sitting under a fig tree. And this guy goes, you are the son of God. You are the one we've been waiting for. You are the king of Israel. You're the king of Israel. You see, these, these kind of things are, are in a realm that we were talking about in the, in the Bible class this week of mystery. It is beyond anything that we can ever imagine, but God is at work in ways and he reaches people in his way. He knows him. He knows exactly what he needs to know to come to life, to come to him for this new life. He knows you. He knows exactly what it is that you need to know about him. And that's why we, brothers and sisters, when we are witnessing to people and discipling people, we have to trust God is involved in it. And that he he is going to tell us to say things sometimes that we're thinking, oh, I messed that up. And God is like, no, you didn't, because that's exactly what is going to reach this person. And I want you to say it again to them. And it may be different for another person that I send you to, to, to go and find that person and to show them that I am real. I, I have other ways of reaching people and you need to listen to me and what I have to say. People are not stupid. They know when a person is trying too hard to convince them of something, they need to be brought into the holy presence of God. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? 
you will see greater things than these. And this introduces an important word, believe. You believe in me. And so we see that what happened here is that Nathaniel did not just follow Jesus, he believed in him. He believed in him. Belief is what our, our, our Christianity is about. It's belief that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he is the king of Israel, that he is the creator of the universe, that he is our savior. And so Jesus said, you're going to see greater things than these. And then he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. And so first of all, we have this beautiful picture here that is showing the ladder that is coming, going from earth into heaven. And that comes from the story of Jacob. When Jacob saw the vision, when he was asleep and he had this vision and God revealed himself and the heavens opened up and he saw the angels descending and ascending and descending on this ladder between heaven and earth. And God appeared to him. And that showed that God was one with us, that there was heaven and earth were coming together. And that is something that we really need to learn here, okay? That God is with us, that it isn't this distant kind of a thing where there's no ladder at all. Take that away and you see what most people think of. God is some distant, you know, God that is far away, but God gave Jacob that vision to show him that he was there with him and in a big way. And he was going to use his life, and he did. Despite all of his deceit, beside this, this, despite all those things that he had done wrong, God was going to use him. But here he says, truly, truly, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And when he says the Son of Man, he is introducing not only the fact that he is the Son of God, but that he is man. He is fully God and he is fully man. And he is saying that he is the mediator through the cross, through this cross. If you take that and you replace the ladder with this, that is the connection we have to God in heaven. Jesus came to be that ladder, to be that cross, to be that savior, the mediator between us and God. And that was what he was introducing. He said, you're going to see greater things than just hearing about Jacob and the seeing this, this ladder going between heaven and earth. I am that one speaking to you now that is going to be on that cross and the glory that is brought through that cross is going to result in your life being saved. And all this started what? When Nathaniel was approached by Philip and he said, I found the Savior. Come and see him. Now, can we do that? Yes. Yes, we can. We have to do that. If we want to see growth in our church, we have to do that. It doesn't, it's like we heard last week. This is it. There isn't any other way. This is God's way. He uses people in the church. He uses his church to lead people to the way that leads to heaven. And so we need to really, we, we, we really need to do some heart searching there. Because, we're, brothers and sisters, some of us are doing it, but there's a room for improvement. There's room for improvement. And what is God saying to us? He's telling us, come and see me. Come and see me. I will open up the gates of heaven. 
for you so that you, your life will be changed forever. And you will see things that you never could have seen before. I will, I, I'm waiting to do this. And I, and I made the way for you. So what is keeping us back? Let us, let us bow before God and say, Lord, help me to have that kind of excitement when I think about you. So that as a child is calling his grandfather to come on, grandpa, come on, come with me. And the grandpa is like, yeah, okay. All right. Show me. I love you. I trust you. I'm going to play with you. Even if it's something that I don't know what to do, I'm going to be there for you. You know, we, we want to make connections with people. And we're doing that. We have to, we have to do that as Christians in the church, right? And it comes with preparedness. People here, I, I know each one of you is good at preparing for something. You understand the concept of that, but you have to prepare yourself for these things. You have to talk with yourself too and God. You have to pour yourself out to Him and say, Lord, I'm weak in this and I know that I'm not good at sharing this and I'm afraid of what's going to happen in this situation if I try to introduce you to somebody else. But God, help me. Help me to do it. I want to do it. I'm saying that half-heartedly perhaps because I'm afraid, but God, I really know that that's what I need to do. And that's what we need to encourage each other to do. And and in, in between all those times, we build relationships with people that are are God sent. God sent. Send me to someone. Lord, who do you want me to go to? Who do you want me to speak with? Bring them into my life. There's people all around us. So let us, let us learn from today's lesson. To follow Jesus is to believe in him, but it's also to tell other people, come with me and see him for yourself. There are some tracks in the back. I want to tell you, you can use. I was writing this journal uh, about a journal this week in the in the uh, daily uh, lectionary studies, and you can if you start writing in a journal, you'll be able to know your own heart. You'll be able to explore what it is that's going on. God will speak to you. You can see what it is that you feel like. I have journals in my office. You can have one. You could just start writing in it and and writing down thoughts about a scripture verse or something like that to see what's going on in your mind and what God is what God can help you with. So you can do that. But one of them is called Everyone Has a Story. It's a very good means of opening up a conversation with someone to say, everybody has a story. This is my story. What's your story? Right? And you don't even have to talk about, you know, God at first. You could talk about anything. But there's this is a little Bible. It's like a gospel. And you can give it to a person and open a door that way. There's another one. It says, have you heard of the four spiritual laws? It helps a person to understand what we believe and how a person comes to Christ. We have another one called, Who is Jesus? It's also very thought-provoking. You could hand it to someone and ask them if they'd like it. This one is, What what on earth am I here for? What am, what on earth am I here for? I've, I've handed these to people on the street down in Ridgefield Park on our street fair, and others have too. People want to ask that question, right? What on earth am I here for? And then there's another one here that's called connecting, connecting, connecting with a a cup of coffee on it. And you can connect to people giving them this and just putting it in their hand. And it may just be the person that God wants you to go to and say, come with me and see Jesus. So we're going to.